Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast with Nicolene Peck. Improving your life, uniting your family, changing the world. Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. This is Nicolene Peck and I'm joined here with my daughter Paige Peck. Hi Paige. Hello. So today we are talking about freedom-based communication, and that sounds probably kind of unique to some people. Isn't all communication freedom? Whenever you just feel like you want to say something and you say it, doesn't that mean you're being free? That's debatable. That is debatable. And so that's that's what we're going to (laughs) do. Exactly. So that's what we're going to debate and we are going to discuss in depth in this podcast, which is going to be so much fun. But before we do that, as is tradition, we want to talk about an idea for a fun family activity. So what's a fun family activity, Paige? Well, there's one that we used to do when I was younger and we read a book. So whether it be like Charlotte's Web or Chocolate of the Swan. Um, and then after we finished the book, we would have a party based on the book. And, you know, that was, it was really fun, especially being homeschooled. It made it kind of easy to have, you know, school was just have a party about the book that we just read. And it was so fun. We did so many theme parties. That was really fun. And I know people are like, whoa, that is not simple. You know what? Not everything has to be complicated. I mean, but not everything has to be simple either. No, because when you do a big event as a family, that's something that's always remembered. It's oh, something yeah. that people look forward to when you say, okay, we're going to have, we're going to study medieval times and we're going to have all these people over and we're going to do a big medieval times themed dinner and we're going to eat off of real trenchers and we're going to- No utensils. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to have like a- you know, a jousting tournament. We're going to have a Christmas celebration as if it were Christmas in the Holy Land. And so instead of eating normal Christmas food, we're going to have pomegranates and, <laughs> you know, and dates and all these different things. And we're going to eat stuff from certain areas or, um, yeah, we, and we did that one when we did the bronze bow, uh-huh. if you'll uh-huh. remember the bronze bow. That is a good book. Yeah. So Anyway, there's just so many fun things that you can do and books will give you ideas. You don't have to do everything, but there is a great series called Little House on the Prairie. Oh, so good. And Little House. Old classic. I know. And Little House on the Prairie has, um, there's a book that you can get that someone created called The Prairie Primer. Mm. And The Prairie Primer was a book that a friend of mine bought years ago. And we decided to have these little house on the prairie activities and all kinds of um, fun things that we would make. We made like old time candy and stuff like that as part of just a little thing for one of the little house books. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you can take a piece of a book and create a little party around it. And I am totally the type of mom where it's like spontaneous party. (laughs) We just read, we just read this part out of a book and let's just do it. 
let's, let's just make taffy. Yeah, for ourselves. Let's figure it out. It could be a failure, but and let's that try. That was our science experiment for the day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it now awesome. I'm a spontaneous person, which means so I have no I. problem picking up the whole family and going, let's just go to the store right now and find the supplies and let's come back and let's make it. Or, oh, it's Cinco de Mayo today. Uh, do you think we could get a pinata ready in time for tonight? <laughs> you know, like if we... We would just do little parties all the time. Um, but some of our best parties were the ones that we would do based on themes like a book or something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right. So let's talk about freedom-based education. We always... Communication. Wow. <laughs> You're right. Freedom-based communication. Am I rushing a little fast? Maybe. Am I... Tr I just said the wrong word. That's okay. That could be things. You're forgiven. <laughs> Thanks for catching that. Okay. So yes, freedom-based communication, but actually, you know, all communication turns out to be education. You do have a point. There. So maybe I'm not going to be too far off the mark. <laughs> All right. So we are talking about communication today and, you know, obviously how we communicate with others, how we help them be understood or feel understood and how we get understood. Mm -hmm. And obviously we want this to be the most free, natural process possible, but I think there is some confusion about what that could be. We look at everything on the Teaching Self-Government podcast through the lens of self-government. So self-government is being able to determine the cause and effect of any given situation and possessing a knowledge of your own behaviors so that you can control them. There is a ton of honesty in that. Oh goodness, so much. You cannot have self-government without honesty. No. And so you, you, it, with honesty is a key piece to freedom based communication. And we'll, we'll talk about that some. It's true. Yeah. So I think a lot of times people mistake, you know, cause like we've got this, the, in the okay. constitution, it talks about freedom of speech. And I think sometimes people take that awry in a way that it should not be taken. Um, I, especially nowadays, people are interpreting that as they can say whatever they want, however they want to whoever they want, and they can't do anything about it. But really, freedom of speech means being able to um, express like what you believe to be true. And people do do that, but it's done in a lot of times, especially recently, in a very negative way, in a very intrusive way. Okay, so let's talk about this in a little bit more detail. I'm going to call this segment of our podcast Throwing Off the Shackles, because I feel like there is, it's been going on for a number of years now, in mm -hmm. fact, many years, mm -hmm. this, uh, I don't know, a cultural phenomenon, yeah. I guess we could say, that I call throwing off the shackles, that people are throwing off all kinds of shackles all of the time. So there are a lot of different things that have been happening over the years. Ever since the United States gained its independence from England way back in the 1700s, um, there have, has been this gradual build to more and more freedom and other countries claiming their independence, other countries claiming freedom, multiple countries around the world getting, red, getting rid of slavery in different degrees or another. Mm -hmm. um, there are certain groups, you know, warring against other groups and, and some of them saying, listen, we won't be dominated anymore, right? So we've been seeing this gain momentum in starting in the 
like 1920s, you know, yeah, that was an interesting some moment. Big movements there. Yeah. That was the time where people were like burning bras and they were like, <laughs> women get a vote. And we no, you know what I mean? It was yeah. like throwing off the shackles. So some of these movements have been good movements, mm -hmm. right? There have been some civil rights movements that I'm like, huzzah, right? Let's do it. Yeah. So good. Um, there have been others that I feel like they haven't had as much of a foundation and other movements right. that have not have had as much of a foundation. A um, foundation in truth because all of them have a foundation in emotion or something. Yeah, that's true. It's the emotion that makes people think they're so important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now some people may not be showing a ton of emotion. Maybe they don't even take action in a certain movement, but it might be because they're like, wait a second, there's a truth here that is super important to me. And a lot of people who are really basing their um, behavior in truth, I would think, generally speaking, are not as emotional right. as other people, generally speaking. I mean, there can still be an emotional person that well, has they, a base of truth. Yeah. You know, that can happen. But usually, if you're really focused on living, like self-governed, I would say, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. then you're not necessarily going to be Say, you're not going to say, I'm going to have to manipulate you with my emotions. Yeah, because it just doesn't make sense. I know for me, I used to be, like when I was younger, I didn't quite have a handle on all of my emotions. But now, like looking back, I'm like, wow, you know, if I can be in control of my emotions and not have to emote to everything or when friends come to me and complain about all their problems and I don't have to emote to those, it's so refreshing and so relieving. And I can just be like, okay, and then just leave it behind me. I can still care about the person, still, you know, feel emotions towards that person, but I don't have to care about, you know, their problems. So what you just described would be called liberation, yeah, liberty, freedom, mm -hmm. that you can say, I can help you, but I don't have to get sucked into it. Yeah, my core beliefs are still there, and they're not infringed upon by someone else's emotions. And, and someone could care about something, really deeply care about it, and you don't feel like you have to care no. in order to care about them. Yeah. See, now I think that's a key thing. I wish that everybody would get that today mm -hmm. because I think there is this mindset that either you care about what I care about or you don't care about me. Right, and that's but twisted. That's, that's not actually true. like something that happens on a playground when kids are like in <laughs> kindergarten. They're like, like major I'm gonna manipulation. Take, I'm going to take my ball and go home. If I, <laughs> you know, if I can't have my no, way. stay here. Yeah, like, if you, if you don't like what I like, then I'm not your friend, you right. know, that kind of thing. And I feel like that's a, a really strange place to find it's a whole bunch of adults. in yourself. Yeah. No, but I mean, I've seen people get super passionate about certain things, you know, like lose friends over a, debil uh, a debate about legalizing marijuana or about food and like organic yeah. food versus not organic food or different eating styles. And, it, and Which makes no sense. Like, yeah. Don't get invested in other people's emotions. So here's the thing. Everybody loves freedom more than anything else nowadays. Oh, yeah. More than anything else. People are like, I want my freedom. Do not take my freedom. And they're also like, and other people's freedoms matter too. Well, some people think that. Right. But some people only think their freedom needs to be re respected, mm -hmm. right? And so this is where we end up with a trouble in any type of communication.
Because then if only your freedom is the important thing, then that means that anybody who wants to do anything else or think any other way is automatically in your mind an enemy to you. Right, or in opposition. Now just think of what this does to family relationship, neighbor relationships. Oh, it tears them apart. Friends, yeah, communities, nations. This is a big deal. This is a big deal. And less and less people are being taught to love the person and not their beliefs or their worldviews. They think it's a they can't deal. separate them. Yeah. In fact, we see that when people are running for office too. Mm-hmm. So when somebody's running for office, they're like, oh my goodness, this person, when they were in college, they did this, <laughs> you know, or they did. And, and here's the thing. There's a lot of junk that people have done, but they dredge it up. They're like, this person ha- was a friend with so-and-so. And you're like, oh, and don't you hate so-and-so because, and, and I have to say, before I vote for somebody, I research them. I check their past and stuff like that, but I also recognize that people are a work in progress, that yeah. they can change. And repentance and, is a thing. And, and that you have to also, to some degree, look at the fruits right now, mm-hmm. right? That they're doing right now. Yeah. And no, I talk to friends. I have some friends who will be like, oh yeah, I was you know, such a bad person in the past. I did this and this and this. I'm like, but you know what? Your heart's in the right place. You're trying to do better. Yeah. And that's, like, that's all that counts to me. Okay. That's the human journey. Okay? Oh yeah. That's the human journey. I've made mistakes. We all want freedom from our mistakes. Mm-hmm. We all do. And, and that's the thing that eats us up more than anything else Yeah, is the stuff that we've done. And when somebody else says they've done something bad, we're like, Hey, listen, everyone's done something. <laughs> there. Bad. Or you know, we don't, we don't think as bad about them. Or, I mean, maybe, maybe some people do, but I think that mostly people worry about their own things that they feel like they shouldn't have done, Mm -hmm. that were bad mistakes and stuff like that. But when we talk about communicating with other people, like, is that the important thing that we dredge up all that? Or is there an element of, but what potential does that person have? Yeah. Where are they going? Right. Mm -hmm. And I think our communications need to be focused on the potential. Oh, for sure. And not on past mistakes. In fact, I have seen people fail on this really bad. I've seen people who somebody does one thing and all of a sudden they bring up every bad thing they've ever done. Yeah. That shaming. And they never let it go. Yeah. It's like, it just adds to that. And then that's all they ever talk about. Yeah. And they never drop the subject. Just that's so stupid. It's so And it's hard. so hurtful to the other person. Right. Especially if they choose to take it personally. Right. Okay, so throwing off the shackles, there's been some good movements, some bad movements. This throwing off the shackles period does not seem to be ending anytime no, soon. People are like, the government's a shackle. Bigger. Other people are like, this party's a shackle. No, this party's a shackle. No, this, you know, and everybody's back and forth yeah. saying, well, I want my freedom. And then they're saying, and in order to get on some sides, and in order to get my freedom, I want to take away some of your freedom. So now that's happening because yeah. we're pitting now everybody, you know, what happens when people get obsessed with throwing our shackles with external things they start adding shackles to other people yes the shackles can't be empty they have to be filled but they can't be on me exactly well and as soon as you start thinking that the other people around you are your masters and they you need to break they're the ones enforcing the shackles then guess what then you have war Mm -hmm. in your heart instead of just saying you know what i think i'm going to separate myself from this and call it good yeah, and let everybody but have no, their own. So, someone freedom. else has to be shackled or hurt. 
in order to feel like justice, I think people yeah. think that. Like if I was hurt at one point ever, or I was bugged at one point like ever, then it. somebody is going to pay. Yeah. Right. That is war mentality. That is not solve a problem mentality. Or self-improvement mentality per se. Because if you're just focused on improving yourself, you're not worried about hurting other people. So we have to think about that in relation to our families. Oh, yes. What does that look like in the family? I think it's, you know, not gossiping about someone who may have done something mean or not backbiting against family members who you feel like are different than you or who have made different life choices. Um, it's being able to communicate effectively and calmly with them when you do have a disagreement because no one's perfect you're gonna have a disagreement with pretty much everybody at one point um but it's i think the biggest thing at least for me is not taking things personally and really seeing the person as someone who's trying to improve themselves as well and so to give them the benefit of the doubt for their actions most of the time and be able to be okay yourself mm -hmm. I think so. I think, sadly, what happens in some relationships and in some families is there are people who get caught up in what has happened to them. Mm -hmm. In fact, so many people are advocating for just dumping all that out all the time. Emotional vomit. Yeah. And the thing is, is that if you get so caught up in what happened to you, you can't ever break out of the selfish mm -hmm. because it gets, you get stuck. Now that doesn't mean that the experience that happened to you isn't legitimate. I mean, there are some things, you things know, happen and bad things yeah. that people have to go through. Crippling, debilitating things. Super. Yeah. I mean, super legitimate, but at the same time, you actually have to keep yourself in a place where you can say, I'm moving forward. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna just go to war now. And moving forward means not blaming other people. Because going to war hurts you. Yeah. Not, it, it not only hurts the other person. But it hurts you too. But it hurts you almost worse. Because then you have to hold on to the hate. And you have to hold continue on to, to think the about anger. what happened and continue to act on it. Again and again. Just so you yeah. can try and hurt that person who did it. Yeah. Which is so stupid. Just talk about it and move on. I agree. Totally agree. Okay, so um, let's talk about hearts then. In our family, we, we want to have hearts in a good place. Bonded hearts. Right. Good condition of hearts. So what is it really that creates a change of heart for a person? I think... The biggest thing is we have to be focused on being rooted in truth and honesty and helping others to find that too, mm -hmm. especially our family members. Okay, see, there's the thing, family. You have to think about others. People want the heart of the world to change. They want everyone to be more compassionate, more caring, more understanding, solve more problems better. Everyone wants that. Like we can agree on that. Mm -hmm. And I wish everyone would focus more on what we agree on, that that is what we agree on. Yeah. But with, for that heart to change, the individual hearts 
have to change. And guess where those hearts are rooted? In their family. Wow. So that means the heart of the family has to change. If the yeah. family is all about, I'm just going to do my thing and you do your thing, and they're not connected. That's not going to change. Then the hearts aren't united. The hearts are selfish, right? For any actual wide, worldwide spread change to occur, it has to start in the family. And if every family did it, then yeah, the whole world's going to change. So people always ask me, Nicolene, what are you doing? And I say, <laughs> right, what are you doing? Like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they don't ask it quite no, like no, that. No. It's more like, what are you doing and how can I do it too? <laughs> exactly. And, um, and because, I always say, honestly, you, our way of life is very different than most people. And it's, it's beautiful, different. It's pure and innocent and yeah. connected. Connected. And people are like, what? I think there's a lot of people, even in families, that feel like they just have to be on their own. Which is stupid. Well, it's just the way people don't know it can be any different way. It's true. Okay. Well, I mean, it's true. You had a foster daughter one time. She's like, is this even for real? She just like watched you. In how how am life. I not just trying to survive in your house? Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's and so it, true. Continue. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. Um, I was just going to say, people ask me what I'm doing. And... I always say I'm trying to help free families from emotional bondage. Mm -hmm. That's what so I'm that's doing. That's really the bondage that people are in. They might think it's caused by someone else, but it really is just emotion. Well, and, and being, we all have emotions. Well, yeah, and they're good things too, but like they, they help us be real people. But you don't have to be invested in someone else's emotions. You don't have to run your life by it. No. You can make choices with the other part of your brain. Exactly. That is not the emotional part of your brain. So what does it look like if somebody is in emotional bondage in their families? Ooh, I'd say a big one is people walking around on eggshells, trying not to offend someone else, um, or you know, manipulating the conversation to go the way they want it to, or... Um, a complete hostile takeover of the conversation <laughs> with their emotions usually exactly. when that happens because yeah. then if they like start getting angry then they're like oh I don't want to get them angry so yeah mainly walking on eggshells around people and people feeling entitled mm -hmm. do you know entitlement's a big thing if you feel like you have to give in to your selfish behavior or your craving we all have things we can be selfish about when i say selfish i'm not trying to call names I'm, no. <laughs> I'm like really saying like let's see what is something i am selfish about i mean you know i could pick if like i had my chocolate bar and someone was like do you want a, like i want a piece of that and i'd look at my last square of chocolate bar it would take a lot for me <laughs> to get out of way. Like, oh, the chocolate <laughs> So I don't know how many times I'm going to discuss chocolate in a podcast, but it's probably going to be a million. Because so if you ever want to make Nicolene happy. Dark chocolate. Dark <laughs> chocolate. That's where it's at. Dove darks. There Bring them go. on. Send Reese's them by the cases. I'll be your me. friend for life. <laughs> okay. So anyway, um, yeah. So the thing is, is if we say, I've got a craving, I want to say something, I've got to give in to that then we're just being selfish. We're, we're being giving to our, to our selfish behavior, our cravings, our desires. And I think that's another thing that happens in families. When, when we see people in bondage, it's them feeling entitled. And then if they, if for some reason they're told, well, you need to not 
emotionally vomit all over the family. Then they feel like they're being restricted. Restricted or you want me to stuff my my emotions, right? No. Now we did a whole podcast on emotions already. Yeah. Right. I said your emotions are valid, but discuss it in a calm way where you're not infringing or inflicting other people. Mm -hmm. See, that's the thing. Or intruding. Is that they can be discussed. Yeah. But they shouldn't be used to control. No. That's a different thing, right? Yes. And doesn't that go against what you value anyway? If you valued your family members, if you're like, I value these people, what do you do to things you value? Do you rip them apart? No. You cherish them. You keep them safe and you keep them, yeah, well kept. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, so let's talk about what what freedom-based communication does look like. What what is it when somebody does have freedom-based communication? Well, I think something we've already touched on is the biggest thing we have to have is truth and honesty. And for some people that takes a lot of work because if you're manipulating conversation, you're not being very truthful in your communicating. Yeah. And so not necessarily, like, not even just what you're talking about needs to be based in, like, truth and honesty, but just how you present it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's when you really come to believe what you're saying. And when you believe it, you then have confidence in what you're saying. And you don't care who hears it or if they're going to be opposed to it because you know you have the skills to communicate with someone calmly and effectively, no matter what their state of heart is. I had a, I had a situation one time where I really felt like I needed to say something and someone was offended by it. And because they, they quite frankly, were not prepared to be honest and open about the situation. Right. And, um, and so that person got angry, right? And as they were getting angry, because I knew, I knew it was something I had to address and I knew I had done it calmly and with love, even when the person was being angry at me, I was like, it's okay. I love you. I'm so sorry that this hurts and it's hard. I'm, and then they were saying, this isn't a problem. I, I didn't, I don't do this. I don't, whatever. And I'd say, oh, that's good. I'm glad if I'm wrong, I am glad. I just felt like I needed to say this because whatever. And so I'm so glad if I'm wrong or whatever. Well, the person came to me years later and said to me, I just want you to know I lied in that conversation what that we had, I needed to have that conversation. You knew I needed to have that conversation. And I want you to know I lied to you in that conversation. And that touched my heart so much, but it also made me know what, what does real honesty, real truth in communication look like? It looks like me, like I am a praying person. I had prayed first, like, <laughs> Okay, well, is this, some topics are hard. Like you is know, this it's a conversation be a I really need to have, right? Mm-hmm. Or is this a conversation for somebody else, right? Yeah. Or whatever. And I knew it was a conversation I needed to have. And so I, you know, and I really felt that I had truth fully on my side, and so I could say what needed to be said. And this person, really, in the words that this person said you know, if anyone else was listening, would have sounded like they were making me out to be a liar because they were just denying everything. Right. Right. And, 
but then in the end, what, you know, a couple of years, years go by. later. Yeah. Years. Right. And, and that's sad that some things take years. But sometimes they do. Yeah. And then this person said, you know, I just, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. Cause and even if they didn't I accept it at the time, wrong. they were thinking about it. Yeah. And just the fact that that person said to me, and I, those things I said were lies. And, and the thing is, is that I wasn't worried about picking out what was a lie they said and what wasn't a lie they said <laughs> and whatever. I was just acting on what I knew I know needed to be said. Mm -hmm. And I just trusted it would do whatever it needed to be, to be done. And so I think maybe like going forward with truth and faith, I, I just added faith in there, honestly, <laughs> truth and honesty, but if I felt like this was a moment where you know, if you know you are rooted fully in the truth, you don't need to push at other people. You need to calmly bring it up. And sometimes if they push, push, push against you, you they've probably convicted themselves, actually. Yeah. But I think something, you don't need to, something yeah. you're also hitting on is with all those things, another component is love. Mm -hmm. Because that communication, especially in those situations, has to be done with love. Because if it's done being fueled by emotion, you're not going to get anywhere. Yeah. Because that just creates anger and tension. But if you are communicating with love and care and you're showing that person that you really are concerned about them, then even if they're throwing things back at you, um, like, you know, the person was like all these lies, like, no, I'm not or whatever. They're not going to be able to feel that flame forever. Mm -hmm. Well, honesty, the truth always comes to light. Mm -hmm somewhere along the line the truth comes to light or the truth is finally accepted right some people don't want to accept it for a really long time this person actually probably accepted it way before they ever told me way before it might have yeah. even been immediately i think it was i think they, they accepted it immediately they didn't want to admit to me that it was helpful mm -hmm. immediately and so you know and that's okay because i wasn't i was talking to the the person purely to help them. Like, right. I didn't want anything out of it. I didn't want anyone to tell me the stuff about their life. I didn't want anything. I just loved the person. That's it. So I'm glad that you brought in love because that's huge. You've got to have a feeling of love for sure. So, um, let's talk about some other things that really go with freedom based communication. So confidence in how you are going to communicate openly. So mm -hmm. I don't think I could have had that conversation with that person and been confident in my ability to have the conversation unless I already had some skills of communication. Right. And those, we actually do teach those. There are different styles of communication, different ways to communicate with people. And those can be found on teaching self-government. Um, but those are things that I know you grew up with and you learned from different experiences in your life. Cause let's be honest, when you were younger, you were not the best communicator. Something about adolescence. <laughs> yes. Yeah. When you said you weren't, when you said you used to get really emotionally heated, I'm like, and the thought can change me. <laughs> There's something about adolescence. There's just something about that. So yeah. it comes with experience as well, but there are skills that can be learned to help someone communicate effectively with pretty much anybody. Yeah. 
Yeah, there Same are. And, and we can't, so we can't go into that on this particular no. podcast. That would take too much time, but you can go to, like you said, teachingselfgovernment.com and you can look There's at some of the courses there. Even if you don't have children, if you took, if you applied all of the so principles much. in that we teach in the parenting course, mm -hmm. that actually would change oh, all your relationships. Aspect. I use it with my teachers. I use it with my bosses, my coworkers, my fiance, with everybody. Yeah, because they're just sound, yeah, truthful, non-manipulative mm -hmm. principles of education. I'm not education, communication. <laughs> why in the world am I on education Because you today? want to be educated about communication. I don't really know why I keep saying that. Okay, oh. it's just like my brain is on autopilot. <laughs> so I don't, I'm like, is that one of those Freudian slips? Yeah, like, I don't know. I mean, this is education. We're, we're doing education here. Okay. So another thing um, is what about, I think it's really important that you really understand the person you're talking yeah, to. Yeah, so I think a really good example, you know, we've got a group, we've got actually multiple groups that are like, oh, you know, these things matter, this, that, and the other, and some people are like, oh, no, they don't, or oh, my goodness, yes, they do, and you have to know, like, where these people are coming from, what their background is in order to make a stance that's based in truth. Mm -hmm. Because you can make a stance either way, that's totally fine. But if you know the truth about something and you understand where these people are coming from with their claims, then you can much easier use your core values to make your claim with, you know, wherever that is in truth. Well, maybe, and maybe it's not just making a claim. Like I'm thinking in, I'm thinking in a family setting, okay? I mean, we can easily go to a diplomatic setting, yeah. right? Like where, okay, I'm meeting with lawmakers about a problem that I see. Well, I'm going to say to myself, what do I know about this lawmaker? What possibly are they sympathetic to? What do they How care do they about think? most? Yeah. yeah. What are bills that they've liked? Well, then maybe I need to present this to them in, in a way, way that they can understand how it relates to something else they care about. Yeah. Right. But like, let's look in a family setting. Okay. Number one, we don't want to lecture to family members. No. So it's not the same as having a diplomatic discussion with a legislator, but let's do say that, you know, we look at our child and we say, this child, where are they coming from? Okay. They what keep, could they possibly they keep hitting another child. <laughs> where are they coming from? Do they just not know how to communicate? Do they just not know what skill they should use or how to get their weight? Or is this other person not actually listening to them? Mm -hmm. Do they, do Look they, both do, sides. you know, yeah, because maybe that child, yeah, they're hitting, which is a bad choice, but there's something else there. Right. And so I try to look at the other layers so that I can say, well, what do they need? Or maybe that other person they're hitting needs to have some discussion as well. So they realize like, Hey, do you like getting hit? This keeps happening. Have you <laughs> noticed there is probably something you could do yeah. to help with this situation? What well, right? happens with yeah. like between child and parent too. Cause like parents all the time, like my teenager, this, that, and the other, they won't talk to me. They put up walls. So if you're willing to look at both sides, okay, what might they need? Maybe they're not feeling understood. Okay. What am I doing that might be adding to that? Mm -hmm. Like you have to be willing to look at yourself, look at all sides, whether it includes you or not. Mm, well said, well said. Humility. Humility, that again? <laughs> it kind of ties into lots of things. <laughs> we, we actually need to have like a whole podcast on humility. That's a really good one. So we'll do that. All right. Here's another one for you. Another thing that helps for freedom-based communication <laughs> is pre-teaching. 
So talking with each other, either in the family group or in your business, or if you're, if I'm going to go meet with a legislator, I say, this is how I'd like this to go. Yeah. I want, I want to explain this situation. I'm going to tell you this little story Then I'm going to explain why I'm here. That's, that's what we're going to do. And they're like, okay, I get it. Mm -hmm. This is how this person communicates. But in, in our family relationships, we need to pre-teach, okay, who are we? How do we communicate? And what adjustments can we decide collectively to make as a group yeah. so that we have a common communication style, at least fairly common. You can't change everything about a person, but, but you can say, we're going to solve our problems this way. Mm -hmm. You can decide some of those things ahead of time. You can say, okay, if I have a need and you know, cause people are different. Oh yeah. You can say, if I have a need, this is how I'm going to communicate my need to you. And, and I don't ever want any of my needs to be taken like, offensively I just want you to always know that this is how I'm going to explain it to you mm -hmm. you know so that you know you don't take offense or you don't shrug me off or you or, don't worry or yeah. whatever it is so there's there's um there's how you're going to communicate and then there's like when you're going to communicate and why certain things might not be as important and you can say that's just really not that important mm -hmm. so I don't think I will do that and then other things might be like, no, if it's something like this, I have to talk about it, right? So you got to understand how each other communicates. What are your communication styles and your preferred methods of communication? Because that actually alleviates a lot of stress. It really does. That doesn't mean you're going to nail it perfectly no. every time. But you, you can know what to look for. Yeah, absolutely. I would say so. So if you cut, if you put together all of those things, if you put together truth, honesty, love, uh, confidence, so having <laughs> skills, knowing how to communicate, understanding who you communicate and wanting to understand that someone, and then deciding ahead of time, how is it that we're going to do this? When, where, if we need to talk about something, those things lead to freedom. Of communication freedom in our communication and so, it's so nice I want you to analyze maybe if we give you a little action item <laughs> okay here's a little action item I want you to analyze something some sort of some sort of communication some sort of war some sort of maybe it's a throw off the shackles thing you're seeing in the news around you maybe it's something in the family unit okay and I want you to say to yourself are people communicating honestly yeah. Are people communicating with love? Am I communicating with honesty and love? Yeah. Yeah. Because you might have to examine yourself if you're part of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, um, and do they have any skills for communication or is this just wildness? What could we learn? What do we need to know? Right? How can we improve in this? So that's my, that's my little, uh, my little challenge, simple challenge. Look at something around you and see if you can well, notice. Hopefully simple. <laughs> hopefully simple okay what well, simple to look simple yeah. to decide to yeah. look okay but then after we're going okay now that i now see <laughs> we do not have skills okay or now that i see we are totally manipulating which means we are not honest you know with everything okay then you've got some work to do surely you do but how nice for you to have done the work of looking mm -hmm. that's huge so that's my so we invite you to go and do 
Yeah, go and do. And if you want to know anything else about any principle or skill of, of self-government and self-mastery, then go to teachingselfgovernment.com and we will catch you again next time. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. For more information and resources to help unite your family, visit teachingselfgovernment.com.